Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Yeah, we're back. Episode 13. Yeah, so yep. 13. 13. We are starting to be unruly teenagers. Yep. We're going to start being disappointing to our parents. Well, hopefully not like actually our parents, but you know how 13 is. They'll let us know. They will probably <laughs> tell us about that. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we can start being a little ridiculous, a little unruly perhaps, and have some hot takes today. Just, I mean, stay tuned for Kate's Kate, Corner. That's Kate's what I'm Corner saying. Kate's Corner is going to have a hot take. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a little unruly. I just learned what hot take meant, so I'm having that. And uh, first of all, I do want to give a shout out to yeah. our dog, Roman, yes, whose indeed. birthday it is today on December 15th. It is. He is 12 years old, which I think is like, if my math is correct really quick in my head, like 84 or something in dog what years. an old man. I think they debunked that thing about seven years per year for a dog, yeah. but still I'm going with it. He's 84. So happy birthday to Roman, our 12th dog. He's 12 years old. That's I think true. that's a little fun there. That is fun. And uh, we'll have to share a photo of him yeah, on we'll, his we'll, birthday. Yeah, we'll post one. Yeah. Maybe some cute ones. Well, just so you all know, there is an event happening back at the Queen Anne Beer Hall on the 19th yep. with the Believe in Seahawks podcast and the Release the Show podcast. Yep. We are going to be down there to watch the Seahawks game. It's a pre-funk for the Kraken game that's going to be in the evening. Mm-hmm. Come on down to the Queen Anne yeah, Beer we, Hall. We would love that. It is a fundraiser. Bring some toys, some jackets, some blankets. Get a free drink if you do any of those things. Sounds good to me. Come celebrate and watch the Seahawks beat the Rams on Sunday. Yep. Uh, I think that uh, Lofa Tatupu might be down there. I'm not 100% sure on that, but he was the last time. So the last maybe time. you'll have to show up and see if he's there. It was a lot of fun. Very nice guy, too. Very nice. Yeah. All right. So we're going to dive into it because we got some great content for you this week. Kate, can you take us over to the Pacific Northwest Athlete Quote of the Week? Yeah, absolutely. And And our quote this week doesn't come from an athlete, but comes from somebody whose poetry has mm-hmm. greatly influenced um, our newest athletic team here in Seattle. So this week's quote is from... Um, Erna Gersick's poetry collection, mm-hmm. and I apologize if I'm saying the name incorrectly, but I believe that's hopefully close and close. Um, and from the poetry collection beneath the surface, and um, this quote actually helped to establish the mood for the branding for that new NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. And it goes like this: It says, "Fear the creature that dwells in the darkest depths, the ice shackled Kraken that threatens to surface." And your soul to keep. Did it just get colder in here? It got cold. Did it just get colder in here? It could be that the flu is open and we're by the fireplace. That could be a thing. But also, maybe, it's that whole cracking vibe. I am a lover of poetry. Yes. And I am a lover of how they utilized this this work, this poetry collection Mm -hmm. to... Like, just create the vibe that the Kraken has, their whole branding. Yeah, this quote is is solid for how it feels, especially when you're at the game yep. and you're in Climate Pledge. You're walking through they the way they an, have. A, a, an amazing job mm-hmm. to create the feeling mm-hmm. of going into the depths yeah. for for the mm-hmm. Kraken game. So, it's so cool. I wanted to share that quote this week because I don't know that many of us knew. I didn't know that this helped influence the whole branding. No, new information of the Kraken. Yeah, I like it a lot. Well, coming up next is the Showdown Lowdown. 
All right, it's time for our Showdown Lowdown segment. Showdown Lowdown. What happened? It was Roman being 84. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Wow, I never knew. I didn't know either, but now he does. Wow. Okay, so the Showdown Lowdown is the Pacific Northwest Sports News and Updates. And so we're going to start off with the OL Rain. We do have mm-hmm. some news that yeah. dropped today, December 15th. Yep. And that is that the OL Rain. They're coming home to Seattle. They've been playing um, in Tacoma, where the Tacoma Rainiers play, which is the Mariners AAA team. But they've been playing there, and they've been converting their baseball field to a soccer pitch Yeah, uh, for the last few years. Mm -hmm. But now they're coming home to Seattle. They will be playing at Lumen Field. So excited. It's going to be so epic. I think I'm excited for like so many reasons, but also selfishly. Selfishly for us, because we can take the light rail down. Yes. And it's just a, an awesome venue for our women playing soccer. And I really yes. hope that people start showing up for these games and rooting on for the OL rain. Absolutely. Kate, can you share a little bit about what you read in terms of the fact that the yeah. women's soccer league is now expanding yes. to two teams? Yeah. Apparently the uh, women's major league soccer is adding two additional teams. Um, and so the, I can't, I honestly, I tried to look into it a little bit and I'm still, Hashtag learning sports. And so um, so I didn't understand everything I was reading. So I'm not the expert, but this will at least get you started if you want to go do some more research. But um, they're adding two more teams. And so different different uh, existing teams had to say which players they were protecting mm-hmm. and which players were unprotected in terms of um, the two new teams drafting players to create their team and so this is i think something similar that happened with the kraken Kraken. Mm -hmm. and so there's a few people that were unprotected that it was very surprising um you know megan rapino being one of those players that was unprotected and so and that was think that she'll they picked up they don't because she can't go to one of the teams right off the top of my head i'm so sorry i can't remember which one and then the other team was san diego has san diego has um, an individual there, I believe, higher up, maybe the president or the coach, one of the two, who they have a very bad relationship. And apparently, in Megan Rapinoe's book, there were some there were some things. There were some words. <laughs> so, um, so the the Twitterverse um, parts of it that I saw, people were speculating that if that were to happen, that it she would just be, be like, positive. "Bye," and so and like wouldn't do it. But that's you know Twitterverse. So maybe. Given those two circumstances, they left her unprotected because it's more likely that she'll be left and, mm. and won't get picked up. And that way they can maybe protect some other folks. But um, but yeah, and I think that that is actually happening. That draft is actually happening in the next day or two. Um, so we will we might have updates then for next week's yeah, podcast. Yeah, for sure. But thanks for elaborating a little bit on that, because I know that you were the one that come across the fact that they're doing the expansion. Yeah, that I, I hadn't heard about. I was surprised I had heard anything before you in the world of sports. So maybe I am getting better at hashtag learning sports. All right. Can you? Yep. Let's move on to yeah. the storm. So Seattle storm. Uh, there are some huge congratulations in order for Seattle storm players, uh, specifically Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd and Brianna Stewart, as they were part of the 2021 uh, Team USA Olympic gold medal squad. There was some new. Um, uh, some new posts about that recently and it was just it was it was great you know to celebrate some of those players and i am so hoping that 
I, Sue Bird plays us. And I keep saying that every week, but we're going to be the, there at all the home the, games. She's on the promo material. She's on the promo material. So I, I think like, she's going to play. I feel like if she and wasn't going to, they would take it off. that, you know, because Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird are together, mm-hmm. that Megan Rapinoe wants to play at least a few more years before she retires. And that they want to retire at the same time. And that they want to retire at the same so time. So we might have Sue Bird for an, a, at least a little bit. Either way, here's like... Fingers crossed. The fact that the rain are now back... At Lumen Field, Climate Pledge just opened. It's going to be the first season that the so, Seattle Storm get mm-hmm. to play in that arena. Yeah, let them like retire in these places that they get to call home. I agree. And I agree. so, I I just I'll keep saying it, Sue Bird, one more year at least. Come on, play Come as on. long as you want, play. but at least yeah, one exactly. more year. Play as long as you want. All so. right, on to. The Seattle Sonics. Now, it's not an update in that regard, but there was a major record that was broken from Mm. one of our former Seattle Sonics uh, shooting guards, Ray Allen. So Ray Allen used to hold the all-time three-point NBA record, which was broken last night by Stephen Curry. Yeah. And he broke that record with, 2,973 for three-pointers. Mm-hmm. What? 2,974. He got his 2,974 last night. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It was his. He had to. That was That's right. He was tied with the Ray Allen had. Yeah. They were tied. 2,973. Yeah. And 7, Stephen Curry drained mm-hmm. his 2,974th three-pointer. That's what it was. Yep. And guess what? It was on his 789th game but in comparison it took ray allen 1300 career games to reach that mark i mean just crazy and and there was so much there was so much footage from people who were at the game oh there was big names super posted it yeah um it was so it was so cool to see it's almost like it's almost like the whole thing just like stopped when that happened and people like were on the court and all the things and you know, they knew it was going to happen in that game. You saw I'm Curry sure. like lift his jersey up a little mm-hmm. bit to like dab his eyes. And oh. uh, and he and, and Ray Allen was there. Ray Allen was there. So then they actually like had a moment together too, which was pretty cool to see. Very, f- I love seeing athletes supporting each other. You know what I mean? It's because so it's cool. cool to have a record. You know, yeah. and when that record gets broken, that's got to hurt a little bit, like in the ego. But I, I think just it's fun. See, I think that but to see people be excited for each other. That's, that's I think so that's great. part of what makes like sports and athletics mm-hmm. so fun, though, is that like even if you're the one that holds the record, like I think that what you would want for people, yeah, you wanted to be the greatest of all time yeah, while you course. were playing, but I think yeah. that records are meant to be broken. Mm-hmm. And gosh, it's going to be a while before this one's broken. Yeah, I, oh, I I'm mean, sure. In the number of games. I'm sh- yes, that's the thing. They might get broken eventually by somebody else, but the the sheer and how many games? I mean, just the division on that. Like, I have very mm-hmm. limited skills right now, but it's like he's getting at least like maybe like three ish three pointers mm-hmm. per game at least, something like that, something close. Yeah. So, congrats to to um, Curry for getting that, and you know, also congrats to Allen for holding it for so long. Yeah. But let's move on to rugby. Let's go Seawolves. Let's go Seawolves rugby. So, hey, where you're hearing it for here first, that next week, we will be having a special guest on our show. We're so excited about it. We are super excited about this. Um, And it is a Seawolves rugby player, uh, the 28-year-old New Zealander, Brad Tucker, who plays at the lock and blindside flank position. So, 
Brad recently signed an extension with the Seattle Seawolves for two more seasons. We love that. We love that. And we are so excited to have Brad on our podcast. And we want to hear what questions you have for him. So for the mailbag segment for next week, be sure to ask those questions and we will um, find out about that. Yeah, so, we'll try to make sure we ask your questions yeah. to Brad. And the, and the Seawolves are also, you know, getting a few new players coming in, which has been pretty exciting to see. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this season. I really want to go see some different matches and I want to see if I can learn some new sports vocabulary. I spent time um, watching some videos today. It's cool, right? There's some real, if you like football and if you like soccer, you're going to love rugby. It's like a, a miss, like it's like a matchup, a mashup yeah. between those two sports. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. All right. So be sure to tune into next week's episode where we'll, we will have Brad Tucker on as a special guest. And so moving on to the Kraken. Oh, yeah. The Kraken have won one of their last three games in the past week, mm-hmm. losing to the Winnipeg Jets last Thursday, three to zero. It was a rough one. And then losing in a nail biting overtime game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, five to four. Oh, it was like right at the. Oh. And then we did win. Uh, they did win their game on Tuesday, December 14th, yes. three to one against yep. the San Jose Sharks. Yep. So through those three games, the Seattle Kraken were spreading the love with John Croc has. <laughs> I butchered that name. How do you say that? John Croc. John Croc? Yarn Croc? Yarn Croc. Let's go with on that. Which, yeah, what country board? So, and then Tanev, Donato, Dunn, Geeky, McCann, and Schwartz all scored one goal through those three games. Well, one of those games nobody scored, but we'll just ignore that. We're going to pretend that didn't happen. And so here's a fun fact, by the way. Are you ready for this? I love fun facts, and you know it. I do know that. So the Seattle Kraken are undefeated in the six games they've played that are called, quote, revenge games. What's a revenge game? Did somebody harm, like, or No, so the revenge games <laughs> are when one of the Kraken players formerly played on the team that they went up against and that they were unprotected during the, the expansion draft. Oh, yeah. And the Seattle Kraken selected them yeah so in the six games where there were where our players our players had formerly played teams we have won all six of them that just is that mentality of like oh you think i'm not good enough for you well i'll show you yep i get that i've been there the kraken do play tonight at seven o'clock so be sure to tune in although it's probably already happened by the time you are listening to this true so they're also playing on saturday and sunday so they play a lot. They play a lot. For how physical that their game season's going to end in like what January or something? I quick, can't. Crazy? I'm not sure. Yeah, I have to look at it. These games go by quick. It's. I'm like, how do they play? So it's like that in baseball. It's like so many games in a week. Anyhow, neither of those sports. Let's move on to football with the Seattle Seahawks, who have now won two in a row. Coming out with a decisive win over the Houston Texans, 33-13. to Thank you very much. Russell Wilson is back to his true form. And although the Texans really are kind of an awful <laughs> They're team. They're like 2-10 and 10 now. I say that in like the nicest way with uh-huh. my mom heart, even though I'm not a real mom. We're 2-11. Um, I do think, though, that the Seahawks needed to have a game where they excelled on both sides of the ball to regain their confidence and unity as a team. So we'll talk about this more in the Hawkeye Analysis that analysis segment but first let's announce our pacific northwest showdown player of the week also before we do that because i want to make sure that this doesn't oh, I, get forgotten yeah, i didn't i didn't um i want to make sure we don't this. forget this part 
Uh, sorry, just last minute thought here. The NFL international marketing expansion is going on. And so the Seahawks are actually partnering with NFL Canada. Which we have plenty of friends in Canada. So many friends. In, well, we don't have we don't have so many friends. In, we only have a, a, a very special few. But there's a lot of people in Canada who seem to like football. Who and love, seem to the, love Seahawks. the Seahawks. Now, where I have a little bit of issue with is our friends over in the UK and Germany. There's yeah. a lot of Seahawks fans in those two areas. Mm-hmm. And although they have other NFL teams that are, quote, assigned to them for this whole marketing expansion thing for the NFL. Yeah. I think that the NFL completely missed out on having the Seahawks be one of those marketing teams that are, you know. Do you think it's like an added in later? See how it does. That's thing? what I thought. Now I, I, I've, so I've thought about that, but I don't know why you don't start with it because there's already such a solid fan base in those two places. I don't know. Maybe they wanted to put some other teams someplace. You know. Yeah. I wonder who they got instead we do know but i don't have it in front of me so it exists out there in the world it does okay so now sorry now let's go back to the topic on hand so now let's go back to our pacific northwest showdown player of the week okay so i couldn't pick so i picked two and it's well deserved i i hear you this this is a special week so it's pacific northwest players of the the week. week so rashad penny okay like 137 yep. yards and two touchdowns yeah. had his breakout game after battling so many injuries over the past few seasons. Yep. And I can't tell you how fun it was to watch the run game this last week. Yeah. With Penny dominating the backfield. He was doing great. And then it was interesting because what I was noticing on Twitter as I was watching like the second half of the game. Sure. Was pe- where people were like asking why they weren't running the ball more. <laughs> and my mind was like blown that's hilarious because people were like don't run the ball pete don't run the ball yeah let russ cook yeah and all of a sudden they're like run give the, the ball. ball to penny run look how ball. many yards on average he's getting well that's the run. thing like when you're healthy right you can you can show your best and perform and so the guy has had i feel like so many knocks against him that it's been harder for him to do that well and he was he was incredible when he was at san diego state which is i yeah. understand why they selected him i think he had like over two thousand rushing yards or something yeah see there you go crazy but i hope he can stay healthy i do think Mm -hmm. if he can then he deserves a shot sure at getting a a one-year deal just as a prove-it deal in terms of his health sure what he can do sure and uh you know the other person that i had to select was tyler lockett 142 yards and a touchdown i mean crazy Tyler Lockett just locked in his third consecutive 1,000-plus-yard season. Yes. And the only other Seahawk in franchise history to do that was Steve Largent. And that's been a minute. It has been. So you want to hear a fun fact that you I know learned? I love fun facts, Michaela. Okay. So I saw this from a Seattle sports anchor, Alyssa Charleston. Okay. And she shared this after the game, that Tyler Lockett and Steve Largent have the same birthday what? and are both from Tulsa, Oklahoma. That is hilarious. I didn't know that. Both from Oklahoma. And are the same city or town. Yeah. And born on the same day. Not the same year, obviously. That would be a lot. Yeah, that would be. Tyler Lockett was born in 92. Oh, he's a young one. I mean, not in a bad way. Well, you know, it's just a special year. I have no concept of age for people that I don't see their faces up. Like, I, you know, you never see. You see Tyler Lockett's you face. You see Tyler Lockett's Come face. On. That's true. I see. Yeah, I've seen his face. All right. Well, that is our Pacific Northwest athletes. Wait, athletes. Players. Player. Oh, players. Players, players of, of the, the week. week. 
Coming up next is the Hawkeye Analysis. All right, it is time for our Hawkeye Analysis. Let's break down the Seahawks game. All right. So Russell Wilson continued his on-field success from last week to this week against the Texans. He had 260 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm -hmm. Again, last week's interception was a fluke that was not on him. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. You know, it was that kicked up ball from Everett. Yeah, that's different. And what I noticed this week was a lot more play action. So I I think it was called over over 40% of the time this week on offense. And honestly, that's just where Russell Wilson thrives the best. As long as he has the time to be able to. Well, and it it allows him to roll out. Mm -hmm. It gives him more time. It allows his receivers to get open downfield. Mm -hmm. He has those beautiful long bomb passes. He's got very long bomb passes. And uh so it's great to see Russell Wilson back to more of his true form, more his like elite himself. status. Seems more like himself. Can we talk about Rashad Penny? I mean, we talked about him before, but I think we deserve to talk. He deserves us to talk about him again. Well, I just want to bring him up because the last two weeks, mm-hmm. he's really shown his true potential. He had a couple breakout runs last week. Mm-hmm. He had an incredible block that he sacrificed his body for for wilson and then this week he goes on to do 137 yards and two touchdowns yeah so that is why he did get one of our pacific northwest showdowns players of the week Mm -hmm. and as we said like if he can stay healthy he deserves a shot to finish the season as running back number one rb1 yep to see what he can do because either the seahawks like he's a free agent either they need to Unless he has a fifth-year option. Either they have to decline his fifth-year option if they haven't done so already or pick it up or sign him back for a very team-friendly deal. Sure. Because I don't know how much he can prove in the remaining weeks, but you know some players can prove a lot. If he can do 100-yard yep. games or even upwards to like 60 or 70 yards per game, yeah. depending on the options that they give him to do it's that. very helpful, especially this season. We need it. We do need it. And uh, with Chris Carson out, that's the thing. Uh, I think Alex Collins has a abdomen injury that well, I mean, he's battling were, through. He was available, were, but they, they were running him so much, though. Like, I just mm-hmm. I feel like if you don't have options to switch it up, you're just going to like potentially have run the risk of burning out your guys or or them getting injured in the process. Yeah, because he would just throw himself. Well, into and running so. backs, you know, they're getting their body hit. Yeah, so much because mm-hmm. I mean. When you run the ball, however many times you run the ball, it's your body is the one that's getting like... Yeah, that's that's running the ball. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of massive just numbers from this week, we did talk about Tyler Lockett as mm-hmm. well. Yep. And the Pacific Northwest Athlete Players of the Week, or however we say that. And Tyler Lockett, he's just an elite pass catcher. Yeah. He is an elite route runner oh yeah he is always open he is i don't know i don't know how i think it's because he's like i want to say smaller not in like a different he, way but yeah he's like smaller he's, than he's dk he's fast so he can and he's get, small i feel like he can get to different places and and dk can't yes he's not as big reason. of a like a physical specimen you might miss him more like if you're looking around like you'll see DK. like flash lightning yeah, yeah. maybe maybe so Tyler Lockett, again, had 142 yards and a touchdown. His toe taps to stay in bounds. Mm-hmm. Exceptional. Yeah. And again, just those that connection between Wilson and Lockett. Oh, yeah. 
it's going to go down in Seahawks history as one of the like most beautiful connections that a quarterback and a wide receiver have ever had they, in terms of like they, the number yes. of these. If they did a compilation of the videos of Wilson to lock it deep oh, passes, yeah. it'd just be like just I could uh, I could just watch that over and over and over again. Yeah, it's that'd be good. The other thing that I really like to see is the Seahawks went for a two point conversion. Now Jason Myers, we'll get to him during the special team segment, but he struggled to he he continues to struggle to make his extra points when yeah. we score. Yeah, a it's, touchdown. It's tricky. So they did go for a two point conversion at one mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. Wilson Which found worked. Tyler Lockett. It was a very crowded yeah. area. There I was, was like so, four I was or five. I was confused at who caught the ball, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it was a bullet of a pass to Lockett, yep. and Lockett came down with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was another great connection there. Yeah, absolutely. For Tyler Lockett. Gerald Everett got a touchdown this week. He did. So or- there, they went back, and you know, you saw. There were some clips of Russell Wilson and mm-hmm. Everett during their practices this last week of, of them really kind of sticking together. And you see Wilson Which talking I to was Everett. glad about because I just felt so bad for him. Mm-hmm. That was just such a rough game and such a rough, like, I, I just, I was glad to see he bounced he was, back. He, I was glad to see he didn't, like, people let it get were to making him. comments of, like, do you see how tight Gerald Everett's holding onto the ball? Mm-hmm. Rightfully so after last week. For sure. But still. And so I was questioning whether or not yeah. his touchdown was mm-hmm. a touchdown. Yep. I've seen it a few more times and I'm leaning towards the fact that it was, but it was really hard to tell if by the time his knee was down and where the line for the end zone was yes. and where his elbow was, if it was just his elbow that crossed the line because mm-hmm. the ball was kind of closer into mm-hmm. his body. So if it was just his elbow that crossed, but the angles yeah. of the cameras. Mm-hmm. Because they called it a touchdown when they went to review it, it wasn't definitive enough to like call it back. Oh man, I love hearing you talk. Like, oh well, NFL rules. I can say all kinds of things, but yeah, because if they if they you know have to review it, it has to be obviously not what they saw on the field. And if it's not obviously not what they saw on the field, then they can't change it, right? <laughs> hey, hey, I am hashtag learning sports. So that was awesome for Gerald Everett. And then, so we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, but I'm not going to say why. Um, Metcalf is not seeing as many looks. He is, he's, well, not from Wilson. It was incredibly quiet for him. He's, he's making a few catches each game, but they're not for huge gains. And um, in the past five games, he's had just 17 catches on 36 targets for 173 yards, which is just now he nuts. did have a touchdown catch called back on a Gabe Jackson hold in this last game. Yeah. So he would have had one, but either way, it doesn't count. So no, and not all those targets have been good either. So it's not like, it's not like he just has been like, getting you know half of the catches for things like some of them weren't really uncatchable yeah so yeah poor dk so dk hopefully he can get going the next few games i would love to see dk back in action Hopefully they will let him get going i feel like he would be fine with getting going i mean they've targeted him 36 times but again some would argue that he would deserve a lot more targets than that I'm also mm-hmm. not complaining because Tyler Lockett has just been showing out. It's been so. great. No, I mean it's good for him. It's not like you. It's not like you wish anybody else less because you want something more for somebody else, even though that might be how it actually works out. 
you could you see DK like want... celebrating on the field when Tyler Lockett came down with that two point conversion. Like mm-hmm. DK is just like, oh, he going. was pumped. Yeah. He was pumped. So that's mm-hmm. cool. You want to see teammates just excited for one yes. another. Find the open person, win the game. Yeah. That's what you want. Like at the end of the day, that's what you want. Yeah. Is you want to win the game at whatever cost it means to win the game. Hopefully. Yeah. So moving on to an offensive lineman. Let's do it. Rookie Jake Curran. Uh, I always, I feel like I always struggle to say his last last name. Yeah. But either way, we're trying. Started at right tackle this week and he was in for Brandon Shell. Mm hmm. So per PFF, he received a 76.1 grade, which is great. And he had an 88.4 run blocking grade, which is a, basically elite for a run yeah. blocking grade. Can I ask you what PFF is? Pro football focus. Thank you. Yeah. And so, however, his grade for his pass blocking was only 40, 47.3. So better than my grade for that. Great. So. That's not great. And it, he, here's my question. I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like pass blocking grades are always a lot lower for whatever well, reason than run blocking grades. So I feel like with pass blocking, though, you have you're to be pushing like, versus you have to be, run, have to be not like, trying to hold. Yeah, your, you're actually like you're having to track, follow, not get a pass interference, right? What do we think about offensive linemen? Yes. Okay, I'm just wrong. And that's okay. She looked at me and I knew. I knew. I was like, what you're saying right now doesn't no, make sense. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense because if you're run blocking, so the offensive linemen yeah. are standing in front of Russell Wilson. I, I get that Protecting Russell Wilson. Yeah. So, run block. It's supposed to be. Yes. Run block is when you're supposed to create gaps and sometimes so the people offensive linemen through. will pull. Like, depending on what play it is, certain offensive oh, okay. linemen will pull out of their position and come up and block. And then they'll, you know, basically try to create some sort of barrier between the runner and the players trying to tackle them. Gotcha. Okay. So run blocking. So I guess if they're pushing, it might be easier for an offensive lineman than trying to not grab hold of. If there's players trying to get around you, it's easier to push than it is to like, because the pass block is then when they're trying to protect the quarterback so that so the quarterback can throw the ball. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. So I guess that's, that makes sense. But either way, I feel like, the run blocking grades are always better, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just for the Seahawks. Mm. So anyways, that was great to see that he had an excellent run blocking grade. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. And then it seemed like, and I didn't look at the numbers for this, but the third down conversions it, this week, it felt did. like they were more successful than they have like in that. the last, yeah. However many weeks. Yeah. We also were on offense for more time, time than some of the other games we've been in. So that could be, that could make a difference with that too. Yeah. So I would like for you to share this next piece of news, which people are, I'm sure, already. We're in the defensive side or the defense side. But I'm letting you share this because it has to do with. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So I'm going to share. I'm just going to talk about it now. So Jamal Adams, um, I'm sure a lot of you have already heard he's out for the season. He has a torn labrum and they did the surgery already. It sounded like that went well. So that's good. Rust up. Get this better. is not Chris Labram's fault or his family's, by the way. No, totally different. Not even the same. <laughs> not at all. Not even close. Well, I mean, the name's close, but not any other like correlation. Mm-hmm. So, so he's out for the season, and we're looking forward to him being able to like get healthy and come back next year. But now that he's not able to be back, um, it is really like, oh, Ryan Neal's time, you know. And I am, you know me, I am a Ryan Neal fan, so I am super excited about that. He had. 
some solid tackling in this game against the Texans. And he almost had an interception near the end of the game. But him and Diggs, like they both went forward like, at the same time, oh, and either gosh. one got it. And then, because um, they like, they, but what, the funny part is that they were like smiling at each other, like, like, like ah, and they were like doing their hands. But honestly, in so that great. specific play, it was just for the best because yeah. it was a fourth down pass. Mm-hmm. And had they intercepted it, they would have been like twenty yards back. The position was back. better for it to not be an exactly. interception. But it still was kind of fun to see them the way they reacted after. They neither of them got an interception. Diggs almost had two interceptions. I think there Ryan Neal had the better, uh, you know, mm-hmm. t- like he could have gotten that interception better than Diggs on that one. But yeah, Diggs also had another opportunity a little bit earlier than yeah. that to intercept it, and it was so close. I just, you know, a thing I love about Ryan Neal too is like his energy. I feel like you know when we were at the game, we saw him sitting on the sidelines. That was like one thing, but when he's out on the field playing, you can totally sense that. He really wants to be there. He's really excited about it. I just, I thought that was pretty great. So anyway, it was. I'm excited for Ryan Neal to have a chance and a shot at more time on the field. Pumped for Let's that. Let's transition on to Al Woods. Oh, Al Woods with uh, the beautiful eyes. He had one heck of a game. He did. He did have a sack yes. and the celebration was hilarious with Dunlap. Oh my gosh. It's like, like on the ground and he's like basically acting like he's giving him like, like, like chest, chest compressions. Yeah. That but Al hilarious. Woods, he has been consistently good for us. He's been a huge reason why we've been mm-hmm. as great as we have been at, oh, at um, the run game yep. in terms of stopping. Yep. For as big of a man as Al Woods is, mm-hmm. the way he can move his body. He does a great job. It it doesn't seem possible. I can't move my body like that. I probably couldn't No either. one is probably surprised, but that's fine. <laughs> Oh, dear. I'm learning sports. I'm not playing sports. <laughs> I love to play sports. I'm probably too competitive, to be honest. Actually, that's the whole point of playing sports. But If you were here for that episode where I talked about my early day basketball career, you'll know I'm too competitive also. Yes. But back to the, the defense side of the Seahawks. So DJ Reed, mm-hmm. um, he actually prevented earlier on the game. Yeah. I had to go back and watch the first half of the game because we missed the we first did. half of it we and did. we finished the mm-hmm. second half watching it on TV. So I actually went yeah. back and watched. But he did stop Brandon Cooks on the goal line and initially they had called it a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But he had, like, you know, every inch of the grass, every blade of grass matters. They talk about that all the time. It's true. Defend every blade of grass. AstroTurf for real. And that is what DJ Reed did. Mm hmm. They ended up, it forced a field goal instead of mm-hmm. a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So every point matters as well, True. right? But they his knee went down before he had crossed the plane of the end zone. So it, it got called back. So shout yep. out to DJ Reed for defending every blade and inch of grass out there. Yep. We need it. Daryl Taylor. Yes. Again, I'm going to call him my boo thing. Oh, hey. Okay. My boo thing. Okay. I'll take note. Is that acceptable for you? You got Ryan Neal? I'm fine with that. Okay. So Daryl Taylor, my boo thing, had a sack, and he should have had two, but one of them was taken away for a holding call that should not have been called on cornerback Sidney Jones. Yeah. And so I'm a little bit bitter about that, but I did yeah, say like a BS call. at the beginning of the season that Daryl Taylor is going to have a 10-sack season, and I stand by that. That was a hot take that I had. That was. I remember that. Because this was his first year that we actually got to see him play, and I said, Daryl Taylor is going to have a 10-sack mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. It's coming. Here we and go. Help. Every little bit helps. Bobby Wagner had another he, How uh, does incredible he do game. this. 15 and tackles. And still like move around 
afterwards. That's a lot of, that's a lot on your he, body. He probably invests a lot of money and just like Russell Wilson does into taking care of his body and yeah, all I would of imagine. the rehab stuff he does mm-hmm. after games. Mm-hmm. But he had a 15 tackle game. It's so crazy. The defense, um, you know, one thing that I really noticed and that's been true all season, it's kind of funny actually, if, we want to look at it with a sense of humor. The offense sucks yeah. at running the screen game, and the defense sucks at defending it. Well, I mean, I should yeah. sucks is a strong word. It's it's a it's an it's a skill to struggles. be developed, an area so, of improvement. So the defense really struggles against the screens, yeah. and you know, to be honest, I said this while we were watching the game. I said, if I were the Texans, I'd run a screen every time until they learned how to stop it, because other like that they would have won the game if they just. Ran I mean, screens. that would have been potentially successful, which I'm glad they didn't think about that. They're not as smart as you. They're not. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, you know, Ugo Amadi yep. had a great game. Oh, he had yeah. six tackles, one tackle for, for loss, and yep. two passes defended. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. So our defense overall, I mean, they 13 pretty, points. They, they, held them thir- they are yeah. doing a doing great, great job in this. And granted, okay, the Texans. I mean, it's the Texans, but still. The Texans are not great this there season. Are, there are but teams, this is though, this is what I'm saying though. Lost a bunch and that they're winning here and the there. The Seahawks needed a game like this where they were dominant on both sides of the ball they because did. they needed that for their confidence. They, they needed to have an opportunity to kind of be like one team and yeah. not just one side of the ball kind of team. Sure. And I think this was the game that offered them the opportunity as they move forward. And they're trying to secure a wild card playoff Mm -hmm. spot, you know, in the hunt with a whole bunch of other teams that have either a game ahead of them or, you know, they're one game back at this point. Yeah. It's still possible. It's a very low percentage that they could make playoffs, but we will remain hopeful. Totally. Before we get to Kate's corner... I'm going to give a shout out to Michael Dixon, who is hands teams. down the best punter How in this league. How does he do this? Consistently downing the ball with his hand. He did it again this week on the one yard line. I think it was Penny Hart that that just, he made it look like the easiest thing he's ever done on special teams in his whole life. He just right. like looked up in the sky, he sees the ball coming down and he's just standing there like it bounces once and he just like catches it like it was no big deal. Yeah. Like wasn't worried about no, where, like was... he just knew where he was planted on the field. It's one yard line. He did great. Special teams matters because of field positioning and where you can pin back another team. It's a lot harder to go 99 yards than it is, you know, 50 or 60 or 70. Yeah. And you, they have, you have to be a lot more thoughtful and careful Mm -hmm. when you're pinned back, you know, Mm -hmm. within even five yards, you know, to the goal line to not get a safety. And so your play calling is going to be substantially different than if you have 20 yards behind you. Mm -hmm. You Absolutely. You, you talk it, about how you hate it when quarterbacks... Why do they run backwards? Run backwards. They can't yeah. do that as much when no. they're pinned back. It's true. And maybe that's a good thing. So then they won't run backwards. And Kate's like, act yards. like you're by the end zone all the time. Just gah, stop going back there. I mean, at least for our team, don't go back there. Other teams, you run backwards all you want. You can run backwards for so, all yeah, the way. Michael Dixon is awesome. Just awesome. Jason Myers, you know, I mentioned it a little earlier. He he's struggling this he season. He's got the he yips. Was, he had he the had apps, yeah the, the, yip, yip, the, the yips. Yeah, he had such a long standing. Here's streak, what I'm. He had know? he had this long standing streak. They bring it up on the air. They talk about it all, the and time. then all of a sudden, so much pressure. 
They just jinxed it. They jinxed it. They jinxed it. I'm a little bitter about that. A little bit. Can we move on to Kate's Corner? Let's go to Kate's Corner. Okay. So Kate's Corner, some weeks I'm like, what am I going to talk about in Kate's Corner? And then other weeks I'm like, oh, I know what I'm talking about in Kate's Corner. And this week was kind of one of those ones where I felt like this just seems, I don't know, you know, I am indeed hashtag learning sports and I am trying to figure out what to, uh, what, how things go, but I'm looking at the whole thing with DK Metcalf lately, right? I'm looking at the fact that, you know, he's in his third year of playing and that he is able to, um, able to maybe eventually get a little bit higher pay at some point or whatever. And that, you know, that's coming up pretty soon. And so I think for me, um, I'm wondering, is he going to stay with the Seahawks? Is he going to be able to continue playing for us um, if he's not getting those targets, if he's not getting that, you know, action for lack of a better word there. Like when, when we come up here with the, with next year's, you know, trying to resign people and pay people. Cause he's not going to be on that starting contract anymore. He's at the Mm-mm. point in his career where he can like start to get like to get paid and everything. And is there going to be enough space to pay him and the other guys that they're going to need to have? And is he going to stick around or not? I don't know. And again, I know probably not that much about things, but at this point of what I've seen so far this season and how it's been going Mm -hmm. the last, like what, five games at least. I just, I don't know. I mean, he's, I feel like he's really humbled himself so much more than the beginning of the year. Yeah. Is this all been like some sort of like humble test of, can he like be a quote team player more than just like a one man show? And I mean, if the test, if that has been the test, then the answer is yes, he can be because he has been, um, he's not getting targets and the ones he's getting, like, I mean, again, not all of them are even great. So I want to keep him. I want to see him around. I'm not trying to get rid of him at all because I, I I love him. He's my original current Seahawk player, man. And I, um, but I don't know. I think, I think I'm just going on the record saying that. I am not going to be surprised if he does not stay because he's going to want to be a wide receiver one. He's going to be with a, a WR one. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to have that be his thing. Cause he's good. He deserves to have time, but the Seahawks aren't going to let him walk easily in terms of like offering him a contract, but I could also yeah. see, and, and it's hard, right? I this is the first season where the Seahawks are struggling him some contract but this is also an extension meaning that technically he's on contract through next season okay he can get ex- an extension now okay so he wouldn't become a free agent in this off season he would become a free agent the season after that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay okay that would be that would be good information for me to know about when i'm learning sports so yeah i then i guess next year is the test, right? Like, well, and do they sign him this off season and extend him? Or does DK say, Hey, let's wait to make any sort of extension until after this next season prior to potentially weighing his options with free agency. I don't know. I guess, I guess we're going to have to see how, what happens to find out, but but it's something worth watching. It's, I just, I don't feel like you're the only person that's probably questioned that though. It is kind of a hot take because I think people just assume that, 
you know, the Seahawks are going to extend DK. I hope. I think that they would want to. It's just whether or not DK wants to look at his options in free agency once he's, you yeah. know, his contract, his rookie contract is up. Yeah. Or, you know, with Russell Wilson and what his status is with the team is, is yeah. they would have to extend Wilson here in the next two years. Well, and he's talked about how he wants to stay in Seattle. So. He does. But it's also, you know, there's been questions in the media, and I think that Russell Wilson wants to stay as well, but there's lots of question marks. So I appreciate you bringing that hot take up for Kate's Corner this you, week. Uh, you are welcome. That's that's what I do every once in a while. Apparently, I have a hot take. I'm guessing a lot of my takes are usually cold, but, you know, that's okay. Up next is the mailbag segment. All right, it is time for our mailbag segment. Oh, yeah. So we have how many questions this week? We three, three questions. Three questions this week. And so our first question is from Rick Judd 21 And he says, if you had to pick three Seattle players from any of our teams, what food item best represents them? This was an interesting question, yeah, I'll that's, admit. That's that was hard one. for me to actually think about. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. Is in like, I don't know, I guess like what came to mind first. Okay. Fair. And so for DK Metcalf uh-huh. is one of the players. I said steak. Okay. I don't know why I just, I think about DK Metcalf and his like physique and I think steak. <laughs> I mean, like I'm a sure, flat iron steak. I'm sure people I think a lot of things about DK Metcalf. So why not have it be steak? A nice slab of meat. I, I didn't say it. Yeah, I, I said it out loud. Didn't you I? did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was you. The other one that I chose was Megan Rapino, and mm-hmm. I chose Rainbow Chip Frosting. Okay. Okay. She has such fun colored hair. Yeah. She's in the LGBTQ community. Yeah. So rain- Rainbow Chip Frosting is delicious, first of all. Yeah. It's happy. Yeah. Like, if you don't like rainbow chip frosting, sure, something's wrong with you. And I Megan Rapino is like, I would 100% an amazing agree. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great one. And um, hopefully, people aren't eating while I say this one. Uh, hopefully not. But Brandon Tanov, I just want <laughs> Turbo Bell. I mean, Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Taco Bell, people always talk about how quickly it runs through you. Oh, yeah. Geez. And, you know, Look, you gotta be turbo quick to get to the bathroom on time. So oh, I don't know. I man. guess I just related there. uh Brandon we Tanev to some taco and Turbo there. Bell. Yeah, I <laughs> You'll never think of Taco Bell the same. No, and no. Maybe they should do like a partnership. That'd be kind of fun. I think okay, so I thought of one. Mm-hmm. I had a I this was a really tricky question for me, but I thought of one and I'm gonna go with um Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Had the nickname of the kid, right? That was him? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with chicken nuggets because oh, it's a very kid thing it is. to eat. That's a good one. I think every kid was a chicken, like ate chicken nuggets. And mm-hmm. he was he was a great player, a solid player. Chicken nuggets sound really good right now. And yeah, it, it's, it's chicken nuggets the sound kid. great right That's now. That's a but good one. I like that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that and then... I keep trying to think of something for Marshawn Lynch. Skittles. 
Oh gosh, there it is. Yeah. How I couldn't thank you. It's Skittles. like your thing. Yeah, she knows yeah. this. I was like, I couldn't it was like that tip of your tongue thing yep. where you're like annoyed at yourself because you I can't, can't believe think I didn't it. say Marshawn Lynch and Skittles. I mean you took DK, so I did take there DK. There you go. But yes, Marshawn and Skittles. So I'm sorry, Rick, I did not get three, but I got two, and that's more than I thought. Yours I was were better get. than mine, although Megan Rapino's is pretty good. Hers is solid. Chick- I would I would I would agree with that. So that one's gonna be my Turbo third. Turbo Bell. I'm stealing that one as my third. Okay. So Steve Olson. Our buddy Steve here, um, he has asked, what are your feelings about fans booing their teams? Is it okay at the professional but not college ranks? Like to hear your thoughts. Michaela, you want to start off? I don't – I'm not a fan of people booing the team or yeah. players. I am a fan of booing the refs and bad calls but okay. not the team. And then – so here's the thing. I've booed – after plays before when our team was on the field, but it was never my intention to boo the team. It was typically my intention to either boo the refs mm-hmm. for making mm-hmm. awful calls yeah, or the coaches and the play calls that were designed or called for that play that sure. I disagreed with or thought was lame. So typically when I boo, I'm not booing at the team. Okay. I'm booing at the people that's making the team unsuccessful. <laughs> I understand that. Although sometimes, sometimes it's the it's players. The, I get it's the that. the team that's making the team unsuccessful. I understand that. But I, I don't think I typically, like, I might have feelings. I have things to say. But I just don't. I'm not a fan of the booing. So do you think, to, to his question is kind of asking about, like, the sort of difference at professional and college ranks. Like, do you think there's Mm-mm. a different standard there? Because, I mean, college, like, I mean, because what's, the? I guess the argument against booing would be that, like, it hurts people's feelings or it's just it's rude and uncalled for or those kinds of things so if we're going with the hurts your feelings kind of thing i don't know i feel like at college you're almost as old as you are in the professional league lots of the players are just out of college they're younger maybe they didn't even go to college maybe they just got drafted to whatever team they're playing on and they're 18 19 years old yeah i know in high school they don't like booing because it's like you know right high school but um I agree with you, though. I think, like, I don't like booing actively in person at a game. I think that if you're at home, mm-hmm. you can say whatever you want because nobody can hear you except people in your house and maybe your neighbors. But um, but overall, I feel like when you're at the game, I feel like it's kind of detrimental when the team has that energy going around. Like, okay, yeah. so, so for example, with the Seahawks game, towards the end of that game, the stadium had emptied out so much it was like it was so empty, and I was thinking, if I was you're talking about the game against Houston, yeah, yeah, yeah the Seahawks game, yeah. So I was like, if I was one of those players for the Texans, I would feel so low and like let down that literally almost everyone had left. I mean, yes, they didn't really have a chance of winning very mm-hmm. very high chance at least at that point because they were down so far. But I mean, still for people to not stick it out, it just it's sad, and I feel like when when people are booing. You know, the players, I mean, I think we all know the difference when you're like booing the refs, you know, but when people are booing the players. It is. It's kind of, I don't know. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's our answer, Steve. And then um, Ryan Mattis. Who's that? Um, that's your brother. Oh, you should know who that is. I think I know that guy. You might have met him a yeah. few times. <laughs> he says. What's up, Ryan? He says, which two teams match up in the. Um, Super, Super Bowl. Bowl thus far, mm-hmm. yes. And or who do you want to see in that matchup? All right, Ryan. So 
I'm going to do it based off of the AFC versus the NFC right now. So okay. the two teams I see matching up in the Super Bowl at this point for the AFC. Um, right now it's between the Patriots because they're on a seven-game win streak and have a record of nine and four. And then the Chiefs, who are in a six-game win streak after they struggled in the first part of the season, yeah. if you remember, mm-hmm. who are now also nine and four. Okay. And then for the NFC, they have the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Buccaneers. They're all mm. 10 and 3. Oh, interesting. And then, so here's the deal. Yes. Just say it. I would love and hate, both love and hate, to watch a Patriots and Buccaneers Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Would I want both teams to lose? Absolutely. Is of that course. possible? No. Now, so because for those of you who are, you know, learning sports or don't know much about, you know, the NFL at this point, the Patriots head coach, first of all, the Patriots have been like a dynasty while they had, you know, yeah, I'm sick Bill of Belichick and Tom Brady on their team, six Super mm-hmm. Bowls, even more, you know, and or AFC titles. Yeah. Together that the NFL just got ruined by the Patriots. Yeah, and oh, the sure. expectations of what teams should look like. They were like a true dynasty of, of a team. Yeah. And then when Tom Brady went over to the Bucks. The Bucks, of course last year, his first year with the team, they won the Super Bowl. Of so course, then people are like, well, look at the Patriots, they did not do great. Tom Brady's the GOAT. But Mac they gotta, Jones they comes in. Year, yeah. They draft him at 15 15 overall. Mhm. Mhm. And they've won the last seven games and they're nine and four. They're looking good again. And so would it be entertaining to watch a Belichick Tom Brady matchup in a Super Bowl Uh, when you have to be up against your ex? Yes. Would I want either? I just, I don't know who I would root for in that circumstance because I really don't enjoy Tom Brady, but I also really don't like the Patriots. Yeah, that would be. That would be very much like, what is that? So that's how, like, that very well could be a circumstance or a matchup. But my preferred matchup would obviously be, you know, a Seahawks being in the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. matchup. But that's probably not possible at this point. So I'm going to be realistic here. Okay. I would say that I'd prefer out of those teams that are currently in those standings. Yeah. I I prefer watching the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Okay. Okay. Because I'm tired of the Patriots being in a Super Bowl. Absolutely. More than I am the Chiefs at this point, even though they've been back-to-back. And I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl in their tenure of being a quarterback. No, I agree with you on that one. And if the Cardinals go all the way, I would genuinely be happy for them like to take home a championship. Yeah. Number one, of course, they're a division rival. But... I just would be happy for them. I feel like they have some really good players on their team. Yeah. They've done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would genuinely be happy for them if it wasn't, you know, the Seahawks. If it can't be us, then that seems like a, a decent I could get behind a that. decent spot there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Also, because I don't want the Chiefs to win either. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think what you I think when you said the part about um, how the Patriots kind of ruined it because they sort of change the expectation of what yep. teams should be able to do. It is, it is kind of crazy to think that, you know, that was something that happened and that people are like, 
this should be a thing. And it's like, but it really isn't. It historically really hasn't been. It also, like, as cool as it is, if you're, like, rooting for a team that ends up being a dynasty and they win that many Super Bowls back to back to back over however many years, yeah. you know, Tom Brady quarterbacked that team, mm-hmm. that would be great to be a yeah. Patriots fan in those circumstances. Sure. However, I don't think that that's ever the way that this sport was ever supposed to be, no. given the fact that, okay, if you're the team with the worst record, then, then you, you get, get to draft first draft, yeah. and all of that. And of course you can manage and, and play like depending on your general manager and your ownership mm-hmm. choices and who's yeah. coaching that you can trade away draft picks. You can like how you pay people, yeah, all of that true. stuff matters, but it was in cap space. There's a reason for that. You know, you can only play everybody in your team. So pay them so much. Mm-hmm. But then you also have teams like, for instance, Tom Brady, for the years he was with the Patriots, he wasn't trying to get these. Now, he's made plenty of money in his time, oh, yeah. but he also wasn't taking the highest contract. He was wanting other people on his team to get paid. Tom Brady he knew you had to have like, knew other that too. other players needed to make theirs if they wanted their team to be successful. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because it's like, get your bag, but also like, get your bag but at what cost? what cost in terms of how stacked do you want your team to be and what do you have to sacrifice for it to be that great? Yeah. Now, the Buccaneers, they kept all 22 of their starters on their roster from their last year's Super Bowl team. And a lot of it had to do with players being willing to restructure their contracts. Yeah. They knew how great they were. Yeah. Players being willing to maybe take a little less. What how they manage their cap space with the re-signings that they had to do to keep all twenty-two of those starters. Like there has to be of work. Yeah. And the cap space will increase over the next few years. However, that means that players will probably ask for more. Of course. So um it's you gotta get your piece of the pie too. Yeah. Anyways, that's a long winded that you didn't even ask about all that. But for those of you who are learning, that's all very important things to realize and to know. That um, when teams are as successful as they are for the number of years that they've mm-hmm. been successful, I don't think it was ever meant to be that way. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. But that just means that it's great ownership, it's great amazing when it happens, coaching, great yeah. players, willingness to, mm-hmm. you know, you know what you want, right? And that's a Super Bowl. It's a championship. So yeah. at what cost are you willing to get it? Absolutely. All right. This leads us to our closing podcast remarks for episode 13 this week. Yeah. And I, we, I mean, we talk about it. We appreciate so much. Those of you Mm -hmm. that listen and the sharing and, you know, when people leave comments on those, um, on the podcast sites, it's, it's awesome. It means a lot. Like we we really, you have no idea that. So if you, you know, haven't, you know, liked and subscribed and and commented and rated and whatever all the terminology i can't think of right now for those podcast pages and sites please feel free to do that for us we just it it's so nice reading those things and we just we really appreciate it and in terms of social media you can find us on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok Mm -hmm. at pnw showdown and from there you'll be able to get to michaela's twitter my twitter the website for the show. Yeah. Um, all of that and more ways, more ways than you probably need to keep up with us, but we're happy to have you. We also now have business cards that will tell you all the we things. If we ever see you cards. in person, that's right. If we see you in person say that, Hey, can I get one of those business cards? We'll be like, Hey, here you go. And just, you know, hand They're you pretty one. fancy. Yeah. We might have a fancy voice when we do it. Who knows, but we're pretty excited. And um, we just, we really appreciate all of you so much and the interaction 
that you give us on social media and all those things. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you. But most of all, remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time. Hey, Michaela. Yeah. So, um, you know how we like to talk about things down here at the end of the show, the mm-hmm. very bottom. And, um, I just kind of am wondering which toy from your childhood mm. do you remember loving the most? I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Cause I, I, I feel like this is like a classic toy that more people had than I realized as a kid, but it's okay. a Fisher price castle what? with these little plastic knights that, like one like one set of knights had like blue armor and the other set of knights had red armor okay and it had like a drawbridge that you could crank and it would open and close were they like the little people fisher price little people not little people okay there's like actual like little action figure characters i'll have to show you a picture because i can find it online i have no idea what you're talking about so but we did have childhoods and they had like swords and they had what are those like things with the that's a ball with the, the like points on them the spikes mace? on them is a that mace? what that's called well it's like the ball with the spikes on the chain and yeah yeah i didn't know that like that's a, what that's called i think that's a mace yeah so some of them had that thing yeah some of them had shields weird i mean not bad just, i'm excited to show you a picture i'm like i feel like i know a lot about toys but that's also not... obviously i was a tomboy growing up because lincoln logs were awesome and so were legos um, now I'm wondering more about Lincoln Logs and who made them and why are they called Lincoln? Did they come from a place called Lincoln? Are they named after the president? What happened? Okay, that's a whole thing I have to investigate later. But, um, okay, so did What's you... What's your favorite toy? Yeah, so for me, a childhood toy that I remember loving the most, I had a lot of things. My mom, who might be listening for this, this isn't really a toy, but there was a period of time where I was really into just bags and like plastic shopping bags or paper bags or cloth bags or purses and stuff and i had that um that yellow and orange fisher price shopping cart anybody that was in the 80s you should know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and i had that and apparently i would just put all the bags in it and i would push it around the house and like collect things and stick it in the cart (laughs) and like how you manage your adult life yeah a little bit mom i guess was concerned at one point that I might have some sort of, you know, problem with collecting things in a 
she may have been right because mm. that's sort of a thing. It's not hoarding though. It's just a passion for keeping things. But anyway, that's a whole different topic too. So I don't know. I'm going to go with, uh, there's a your lot of other, cart with your a lot of other yeah, toys and stuff, but, but that, that stands out to you. It does. Cause it's just funny. Also, the texture on that. I can remember like feeling that shopping cart, like what it felt See? like. See, that's what that's what like nostalgic yeah. toys like mm-hmm. do for us is we can like very like vividly remember what they looked like, how they felt. It's true. Like how it felt to play with those toys. Probably why I keep all those bags under the sink. I wonder out. what happened to that castle. Where did my shopping cart go? We'll never know. Bum, bum, bum.